Edith Bowman here with Play Next, the podcast created in partnership with BMW that shouts from the rooftops about the most exciting new music on offer and also celebrates the achievements of industry luminaries who continue to set the standard in their particular fields. This season alone, we've heard from Silk, Jonathan Higgs, Atawalpa, Nail, Katie J. Pearson and Ellie and Theo from Ophalis. And you can find all of our previous episodes of Play Next wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm joined by Sipo, who will be performing on our BMW Play Next stage at All Points East, and Emily Evis, who masterminded the triumphant return of Glastonbury Festival earlier this summer. But before we hear from Sipo and Emily, let's fire off a couple of gorgeous new releases, as selected by me, just for you. Right then, first up, an insanely cool slice of indie dance from innovative electronic outfit Alaska Alaska. Their album Still Life comes out in October and on the basis of this track, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Forget about it. 
October can't come quick enough for that album from Alaska Alaska. Next up, we got something brand new from breakout artist George Riley and Deval Timothy and Frank Ocean collaborator Vegan. It's called Delusion. It's mellow, it's soothing, it's ephemeral R&B at its finest. I could very be the one that is mad at you Instead of chosen a different route Just cause you retain all the hurt and pain Doesn't mean I choose to do the f- same mm, I don't think it's unusual what I've been doing You can either go there or I get to shoot you you, you feel really nice after hearing that it's called delusion right time to bring in our first guest birmingham raised sepo who's carved out a reputation over the past couple of years for creating what he describes as industrial soul he combines elements of jazz r&b and gospel with contemporary production twists and we are thrilled to be welcoming him to the bmw stage at all points east so without further ado let's find out a bit more about him shall we Sibo, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat to us. How's your summer been? How's your your summer of touring and playing festivals and whatnot? So my little theory is kind of we've had all of this malarkey go on. <laughs> Good way to describe it. Prior to uh to this summer, I feel like this is a a, a little bit of a, a mini third summer of love, I guess. Th- there are actually like generations of people that have like had that chance for them to kind of have their debut outside time. It's kind mm. of been taken away because of everything that's happened. Yeah, everyone's just kind of... Has that inspired, you know, that malarkey, as you describe it? Has that... Did you find that a creative time? Was it was it inspiring to kind of almost like have a stillness? I don't know. I think I don't know if it made a difference because I was kind of creative regardless. But yeah. honestly, I feel like I'm still processing it. Yeah. I feel like I still need to process it to say anything about it. Yeah, totally. Because even then, it's it's kind of all still just going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just not even in the sense of, of like, of the initial thing in, in terms of government and yeah. all that stuff and just yeah. a lot of things flipping over and changing over 
Messi leaving his team and Ronaldo leaving his team <laughs> and Kendrick leaving team. It's just so so much is just like changing. It's 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 a bit of a changing yeah, of the guards. Too much moment. going on. So it makes me curious is like <laughs> what comes after all the stuff, what comes after the Drakes and what comes after Oh, that's interesting. That, that's that's I always I always have this conversation with, what's with the everyone. Next thing? It's like what's next? Because the things that we're seeing ahead are like they're like, okay. It's just what's gonna be the next thing that has people like, oh my god, like what were the things for you over the, say the last ten years that have been those moments? So those kind of artists that you've been like, wow, this is it's like anywhere from like dumb underground stuff to just some bigger stuff. I'd say, I'd say I used to have a thing uh, for this this podcast out in LA, and there's a guy called Bus Driver, mm-hmm. and he had this album called Thumbs, which is like ridiculously alternative, and he raps so weird. But I remember being like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Um, and then on like the bigger side of things, I think it was Childish Gambino with Because the Internet. That was ultimate study music for me at like 2013. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is ridiculous. How, how can, a, how can a nerdy black man like do this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, and I used to watch, there was a show on, on BET called 106 and Park. Yeah. And that's where they used to like premiere like all the new music or the like hip hop or the R&B. And I remember they just said, oh, we got like this new joint for you. It's uh, this kid called ASAP Rocky with Peso. Let me tell you, I was flabbergasted. <laughs> Not only is that like the best like video ever mm. and the best song ever, it's just the drip was like immediately just, and to this day, he's still just, just fashioning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was those, those things. I mean, they're really two really good examples, as are you in terms of that pushing the expectation and the stereotype because was one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, you know, whether you feel that, that black artists are more readily pigeonholed when it comes to music. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, by critics particularly. You know, oh, you easy. have to fit in e- a box. Easily. Way easily, yeah. Because I think even even I have it. Right now, it is so fresh that they don't know how to answer the question of placing me. But they kind Which of... Which is good. Yeah, yeah. But they, they have to, I guess. So it just instantly goes, oh, R&B. Which is like a few of the songs, yeah. But then it's kind of like all kinds of other things. Won't you talk to me? Crazy. All you want, lady? This shower's hazy. To you, I'm fighting now. Crazy. Crazy. On my knees, still I'm dead and gone. So What's the starting point for you when you're when you're creating? Me, either by myself or even more painfully with when I'm with people and with friends, and I have to like say to myself, "Oh, like I'm an artist, like be a true artist." And I have an idea, and I'm like, "I need excuse to, me a minute, I need to yeah, exactly." <laughs> Is that what you do? And I, 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 need, I need to like record it on my, I like record everything like on my phone, and then I'll save it for later. So it's like if I'm in my room by myself, whatever you know, just like in my pants with like one sock on, I'm just lying in my bed, just like. <laughs> Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Like, I might grab a little keyboard or a guitar. I might just go in my phone and be like, la, 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 la. and then it's like, cool, I have it. But then if I'm like, with my friends, especially with like my friends who aren't really uh, astute to what I do, 
it's just I will just kind of suddenly turn around and just be like talking to myself like yeah like this uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll like start I'll start, start sort of like babbling something I'll start singing nah, 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 and then and then I'll be like yeah so you need to basically like put the drums like here and then you just, <laughs> and it's like yes I am talking to myself <laughs> so at the same time I kind of I've kind of been in that position for so long where I do just have to do a lot of things with my chest I like I, it, I am just weird anyways so I just kind of have to get on with it if it's there it's got to be sort of it you has know, you've to got be to, put down yeah totally otherwise you know then you might lose that moment it's kind of at the same time I feel like I put myself in a position sometimes especially when I'm when I'm feeling kind of lazy is trying to because a lot of what I do now is less so just like throwing everything I can but more so decision making of of what's worth my time, what's not. And yeah. sometimes sometimes it is like I'll, I'm very selective with my ideas. Sometimes I'll hear something in my head, I'll be like, it's okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't see where I can take this foot and I'll just kind of let it yeah. disappear, whatever. Yeah. The stains on your teeth, they ain't typical. No more, you're lying through a main visible. No more, where I've been, I wasn't into too much. But Lord, I know you know I've been enough amen said my brother heavenly father oh where have you been how much did i sin when i was in college i'm not giving in where do i begin just give me your knowledge it's it's interesting because that whole the kind of the way that technology has evolved it has given creatives yeah. and the kind of new generation of of young artists tell me whether you agree or not uh, an easier opportunity to to make music to mm. express themselves to be creative yeah to, i think in the in the fifties and sixties, when the engineers were wearing lab coats in the studio, <laughs> I don't think in there had they ever had any thought of something called bedroom pop <laughs> or <laughs> your bedroom anything <laughs> apart from sleeping. Exactly, because it's like for them, it's like you have to be in this environment here with this piece of equipment. So such a very funny way to think. Do you know what I mean when you read? And and it was that thing, and it was. It, it was that kind of thing of you didn't even talk to the engineer. He he's he's the engineer. He's a different language. And it was de- and it was definitely other engineers could speak to him and know what he's saying. And it was definitely a he. Like it was just yeah. always a he. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. I am the engineer. It kind of had no choice but to evolve, especially with with just what art is. It's something that always continues to reflect a sign of the times, in the sense of you know what's happening. Literally, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Yeah. A lot of the the, the classic protest songs from yeah. like 1670s, Vietnam War. And it continues to reflect not necessarily like big politics, but just in the different ways people are expressing themselves. Like you'd never think of like hyper pop and stuff just totally breaks all the rules, like AG Cook and PC music and that whole crew just totally break music. Yeah. And then just put it together how they want. We're very excited about watching you perform on our stage oh, at All you. Points East. Talk to me a little bit about your your live show and, and also the kind of journey of that, of kind of working out what you want to be as a performer on a live stage in front of an audience. So weird. From the start, it's just been me and like my friends from Birmingham. And it just kind of expanded into these five, four or five dudes I know that like really care about what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're like my best buddies. and. We just nerd out about musical day, and it was the initial thing of right now. It's just like we have the songs, we have everything there, and it's just developing it less so in terms of oh, let's add this cool twist or whatever, but more just gradually every time we play, playing the songs better and better, mm-hmm. just out of knowing the feel, and I guess it's more happy accidents 
um, shout Bob Ross, than um, anything else at the moment. My brother, what's me? Four twenty miles, eyes wide shut, five rounds. I'm a blessing with my scene. And the streets, they always gotta, wanna, gotta kill me. When it comes to the love experience, in my head, it doesn't have to be anything too crazy or overconstructed, but it's just that thing of being a bucket list experience, I guess. Nice. Of being like, oh yeah, like you kind of have to go and see the sea show. Like it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, like everyone, everyone's got the whole the whole Grateful Dead, Coldplay, whatever else. It doesn't even have to be about like, oh, the music's great, or like it's just literally just like you have to go to this show, no matter no matter what it is. I like that. You just have to go to this show because. Everyone just has a good time, I guess. I don't know. Great. I can't wait. We're going to play um, BDIs from the latest EP. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that track. I wrote that when I was 19. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So it was kind of sitting in the vault for a while. It's so good. Yeah. Thank you. That, that, that's like crisis mode, life is happening type stuff. (laughs) That's like (laughs) potent. I need to say something. Um, Kind of feeling like as much as you add value to someone's life and you love someone at the same time, you kind of know they could also do good things while you're not, because of how much faith you have in that person. Yeah. And just not always feeling like the the best person, the best influence, even if you are, but it's just, you know how difficult the situation is, especially in terms of like relationships and things. And and not even just me, but actually just looking at people in my generation and how like, Obviously, as most have, we have that anxiety of jumping into like relationships and all that stuff. Especially in, like my generation, like we, we, we fall in love. If you you might just catch feelings, but like you're just gonna. Oh, so what are you two? I don't know. And like you just kind of go with that weird. A yeah. lot of us go with that weird thing <laughs> yeah. just for the sake of not calling it what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's just. Are we? Or, uh, mm, but, are it, but it doesn't matter until it matters. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think I think that's a part of it. And there is that there's always that push and pull, that that back and forth of like <laughs> go away, come here, like Oh yeah. You take one step back and the other person sort of it's that whole thing. It's it's that whole and and it's always a mess and but at the end of the day it's always fun and here we are and we've all lived and survived. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so looking forward to seeing your show. Um, and thank you so much for, for being on our stage at All Points East and also thank for coming for and chatting me. to me, Sipo. Thank you so much. No problem.
What a talented, lovely young man. He's only 22 as well. As I mentioned, Sipo will be with us at All Points East in London, Victoria Park, on Thursday, the 25th of August. Speaking of festivals, we have a true trailblazer now who consistently delivers the most extraordinary array of superstars, innovators, tastemakers and breakthrough acts on the planet, not to mention a veritable feast of comedy, art, drama, lectures, massages and more to boot. Glastonbury is, without a doubt, the OG music and art celebration in the world. And Emily Evis and her team oversaw a thrilling return for a 200,000 strong gathering that felt that little bit extra special following a two-year hiatus for the pandemic. Emily Evis, welcome to Play Next. Oh, it's so great. I've got to say congratulations on this year's festival. And I'm sorry that we're dragging you in to talk to us post-festival because I, you really should be somewhere quiet and relaxing and just taking a moment. But thank you for doing this. Oh, well, thanks for having me. No, it's really, it's actually, um, we're sort of like coming back into the light. You go into like this tunnel and it was amazing. It was such a good festival. So we're all on a massive high still, to be honest. You must be, yeah. You know, there was so much excitement for this year after the last couple of years and everybody was just kind of, you know, up for it and excited by it. And I don't know if you get a moment to sort of, whilst you're in it, to kind of look around and see how much everyone's enjoying it. I think I had that a couple of times where I actually took myself out of kind of rushing around doing work stuff and kind of sat on the hill and looked looked around and just kind of took it in. And there were so many little moments that were just like so joyful and lovely and kind of life affirming. I think it's really important to do that when you're working on something where you kind of could spend your whole weekend looking at your phone or into a radio just to actually be like, look at this. It was like so special coming back after, you know, those two years of um, COVID. So it was, yeah, it was really, it had something extra this year for sure. I know you're so much, you're in it whilst it's going on and stuff, but is there a, a moment for you that was your kind of highlight from this year? There were so many highlight moments. I love going up onto the hill on Sunday night and we did this Lotus Burn, which yeah. is where people like posted all these things that they kind of wanted to get rid of or kind of um, say goodbye to. It was very moving actually. And it was just totally silent. And I went and sat there amongst hundreds of other people and we watched this Lotus burn to the ground. That was something very, very powerful, actually. I think, you know, marking the end of the weekend and so many people had posted things in there, you know, Mm. like everyone had really thought about what they wanted to move on from or let go of. So that was a very, very special moment. And, and obviously there were so many musical moments as there always are. I could talk about many, many different <laughs> <Yeah>. bands. <laughs> well, I, I, um, I get a, a kind of little, a lovely little flutter when I was up at the park stage because I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but sat with you at a picnic bench behind the park stage on that first year that you set up the park stage. It was your baby. Yeah. God, yeah. I don't know whether that feels particularly poignant and, you know, for you to, to stamp your identity on the festival as well. And this thing has grown to become one of the places that not only people want to go to, to watch bands and music, but also bands want to play in the park. I mean, the park has sort of been evolving over the years from that very first year in 2007 when we had Africa Express. 
Oh my God, was it that long ago? It was 2007. (laughs) I know, it's like, I remember like I had all my friends like stitching the sign, you know, the park sign above the stage. Everyone was like bought a needle and thread. I was like, bring a needle and thread and we'll just make this patchwork sign. (laughs) And it was going to be like quite a small little area. And now it's like this huge, yeah, I mean, it hasn't changed in space. It's just, there's a lot in there now. And it's so lovely to see that it's become such a popular and, um, late night destination as well, part of the festival. In fact, this year I tried to get in the field for wet leg and it was very, very busy. Basically, it turns out they could have really played on the pyramid. (laughs) (laughs) But it was incredible. That was such, that was one of my moments was seeing wet leg do that gig. Well, new music is something that's that's really important to you and and the festival as well. You know, the emerging talent competition at the festival has become such an important and exciting opportunity for for bands and artists as well um and you're 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 a judge on that how does that work and how do you what's important for you within that competition both for those people who are on the shortlist and then the winner I mean it's like you know it's interesting isn't it because I we quite often book bands based on how they are live rather than how well an album is performing or like what it's doing in the charts you know all the kind of music industry you know, benchmarks for what makes something big or whatever kind of is pushed aside with us. And we kind of go, look, what is going to work? Who's going to really like communicate that with crowd and make it into sort of, you know, a very special gig. So with the emerging talent, it's a great opportunity because we can actually like get all these bands in a room and be like, right, who can we see on what stage? Hmm. And the finals, normally everyone ends up with a gig at the festival. (laughs) But Lewis McLaughlin won this year and he was really wonderful. He just had that real spark and kind of, and talent and basically kind of the whole room just went silent Mm. and was totally transfixed by this kind of, this kid who is so young and so talented. It's great. It's such an important and brilliant opportunity for for an artist to, to even be part of that competition as well. We're going to hear Lewis in a second, actually. But what tips would you offer artists starting on their journey where they have kind of Glastonbury in mind in terms of, I would love to either be part of the, you know, the Emerging Talent Competition or One Day Play? I mean, we're always looking for new, for new artists. So through the Emerging Talent, it's the most obvious route with quite a lot of the kind of finalists and the winners over the years. We, you know, we're still in touch with them and we're kind of, you know, still talking to them about like decisions they have to make or gigs they want to do next and you know we try to make it something that is just beyond them winning this competition that we kind of therefore to help and support them really through the years and then other ways you know like getting an agent and starting to do gigs and we have lots and lots of people who are like on the ground in in cities not just in London but kind of all over the country who go and see many many new bands um, in tiny tiny venues all over and feed back to us so it's not just us anymore used to be just, you know, can I get to that gig and then to that gig and that gig on a Tuesday night? But actually now we have like, <laughs> we have a team of people doing it. And it's really good because we get a, we get a real cross-section of artists discovered that way. All right. Well, listen, I think we should probably listen to your winner from this year, Lewis McLaughlin. This is stunning. This is summer. Um, hi, um, hi, um, hi, um, hi, um, hi, um, hi, um, hi. Um, I, 
Someone in the weather is fine Someone in the weather is fine Anyway the wind goes out so either we feel Someone in the weather is fine Problems over what it man Problems over what it man Resting on your shoulder, leave until you're older Problems over what it man Someone in the weather is fine Someone in the weather is fine Anyway the wind blows, that's the way that ever flows Someone in the weather is fine Wait until the sky turns blue Wait until the sky turns blue Sunrise it will cover you, sisters and your brothers too Wait until the sky turns blue Someone in the weather is fine Someone in the weather is fine Anyway the wind blows, that's the way the river flows Someone in the weather is fine Bodies will all fade away Bodies will all fade away If you find a lover, take it undercover Bodies will all fade away Absolutely beautiful. Such a unique sound. That was this year's winner from Glastonbury's Emerging Talent Competition, Lewis McLaughlin with Summer. With festivals, I mean, I don't know whether the last two years, you know, having that time off kind of allows you to, I don't know, reflect. Because for me, Glastonbury's always been the festival that's addressed a lot of things, whether that be, you know, looking at how you've incorporated environmental issues to moving forward, the solar energy and things this year, but also things like diversity. You look at the kind of 
in three headliners this year, you know, Billie Eilish, Paul McCartney and Kendrick. And that's an amazing kind of advert for this is the kind of diversity a festival should have, you know, from that headlining slot, which is not always the case with festivals. It really kind of says something. And that filters down into the smaller and all the other stages. How do you address that? Is that something that's always at the start and point of a conversation when you are thinking about who you book for what? Yeah, I mean, we make that really clear from the offset, really, with all of our stage bookers. You know, the conversation is right at the beginning, which is basically, this is our aim. We want to make it as as fair as possible as on the gender split, and we want to make it as diverse as possible. And we try to, and I think you can do that. You can communicate that. And if you make that a priority, then people take it on board and everybody wants to see it improve and kind of be better in that way. And I think you really saw that this year. You know, there'll be some years where we'll have all male headliners. There'll be some years, hopefully, where we'll have all female headliners. It's not always going to be 50-50. Yeah. But the aim is that you're conscious of that when you're booking, which isn't actually that hard. Hmm. The way it's discussed is as if it's like, you know, a really cryptic puzzle that you nobody can get to the bottom of. But actually, it's pretty straightforward. You literally are like, right, hang on, we've got a couple of guys here. Let's maybe add a couple of women here, you know. This year was a dream in that respect. We had a really good, even spread. What about the kind of environmental side of things? You know, Glastonbury's always and historically done its bit. Climate sustainability, something you take seriously. Did you see a big shift in that this year and what you were able to do as a festival? We're always making those shifts. So burning plastic bottles was, was a major step in that direction. A lot of people were very resistant to it. As with many, many changes, you know, that you're often met with like a kind of wall of resistance to start with. So that was kind of an act of persuasion that we had to do with with all of the other drinks companies and all of the suppliers. Um, But we got there and people, when they come to Glastonbury, they really take on board those environmental messages, you know. And I think because it's our house, we're saying that you're coming to our farm. Please look after it and don't chuck loads of plastic in the hedges you know, you wouldn't chuck a plastic bottle in the hedge in your own garden. So it's like, <laughs> why would you do it here? And so I think that kind of messaging is very different. It's not, with, there's no detachment from the land with us. You know, we, we live here and we want you to look after it. And it is a responsibility of everybody. And we need everybody to be on board in order to make that happen. And it was remarkable, the lack of plastic this year. It really was. And, you know, but every year it changes. There's always yeah. another focus. This year we had crisp packets that were compostable. Um, and that was the first time that we've ever done that. And that's something that has been a real problem for us because we get through millions of crisp packets and they're found in trees. Like, you know, even after two years of COVID, I was still finding like walkers packets of, you know, or whatever <laughs> brand they were, but, you know, like in trees or whatever. And I was like, actually, no, we need to tackle this. Like we shouldn't be having, we should be having compostable crisp packets here. And that's the only thing that's available. And so we really tackled that. And that was great. Everyone was on board. So every year you can kind of add these new missions to our bow. It's like innovation in that side of things important to you. So like you say, you know, you're, you're having conversations with suppliers and drinks companies and things like that. And is this the first year with the solar energy type thing as well? So thinking about innovative ways of making the festival more sustainable. Definitely. And that's, um, that's obviously what I'm talking to you about now with the BMW deal. But, you know, we wanted to provide as many electric cars as possible on site. We don't want as much diesel and diesel has always been an issue for us. Mm. So to be able to say, look, you know, we want to go as electric as we can. We're using the digester now from the farm to power the pyramid production area. 
the Greenfields is completely solar powered. You know, we're using solar on many other areas as well. So we're kind of, we're really trying to branch out in a way and move on from the traditional diesel methods. People kind of think, oh, you know, you have, a, have six months off and then start thinking about 2023. That's not the case, is it? It's kind of almost like straight into it. And I know that each year you you like the idea, you know, it's the idea of each year has its own identity. Yeah. And I was interested to find out what was the identity you wanted 2022 to have. And then looking forward, do you have an idea of what the identity for next year is? Obviously not giving anything away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this year was like the ultimate real celebration, I think, and kind of post this global journey we've all been on together. You know, I think like we needed to bring this festival back, to kind of bring people together in this like moment of joy and reconnection. And I think, you know, love, it felt like very lot, like there was yeah. a lot of kind of love in the way people were with each other. There was like acts of kindness everywhere. I just kept seeing people do amazing things. And that's like, the festival is so out of our hands, you know, it's not like one or two or three or four people. It's like there are 60,000 crew, you know, it's like, that's how big the operation is. And so those messages to actually filter through everybody, when you see it come together like that, it's quite moving, but also very encouraging because you kind of go, God, this is great. Like we can really like shift stuff here. We can really make changes and um, knock down walls. And that's kind of how, how it felt. And next year will probably hopefully be the same. I'm going to strip it right back for a last question because music is kind of at the heart of this festival. And for you, I know how much of a music fan you are. So I want, I'd like to know about a couple of bands, new bands that are exciting you, whether they were bands that you had at, at Glastonbury this year or bands you're excited to potentially maybe, you know, have in the future. What's, what's your recommendations music-wise? Oh, well, Wet Leg was definitely my recommendation <laughs> from this year. Like they're probably one of the most exciting new bands you can see. Yeah, just doesn't disappoint. Big Thief, yeah, who I love. There is this, you know, the list could just carry on and on and on, to be honest. But Big Thief are really, really great. Girl in Red, Gabriel's. I mean, oh, they were great on the park. Saw them. They were so good. And they, I mean, to be honest, the park really, you know, we did well this year in terms of like booking some acts that were kind of bigger than we expected them to be by the time the festival came. So it like ended up with like these quite like big, big musical moments, which is lovely. Yeah, I quite like to go and watch some of these bands now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that's your time off going to watch bands. Emily, listen, thank you so much for for not just taking the time to to chat to us, but for for me personally, you talked about kind of love being a real um theme for this year and identity. And I, I had a really special experience this year with my my young son, um, and something that we'll both remember for, for a long time. It's a proper life memory. So thank you for providing that for us as well. Oh, that's brilliant, Edith. Thank you. Thanks so much. Take care. Lots of love. Take care. Good to chat to you. You too, lovely. Bye. Bye. Oh, Emily Evis. I mean, I don't think she really appreciates all she does. Amazing work. So that's nearly it for this latest episode of Play Next, brought to you in partnership with BMW. Before we go, time for one final track, which is sure to send you off with a spring in your step. Midnight Life are Frankie and Will. Their debut single, What You Know About, is a punk-infused joyride that invokes the pet-up energy release of Sleaford Mods and gritty lyricism of Mike Skinner. I can't wait to see what they bring to our stage at All Points East 
on Friday the 26th of August, though I suspect it's going to be pretty darn lively. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Stand back, stand back. Let's make a bit of space. Time to check a few things. Let's see if you're as clued up as you think you are. Okay. the love child of idols and Sleaford mods isn't it I love that so good thank you so much to Sipo and Emily for joining us we'll be back one last time in season 2 with the magnificent self-esteem as well as some more exciting new sounds if you like what you've heard please rate, review and subscribe to Play Next so as not to miss an episode and be sure to spread the word about us too if you've not listened to us before don't forget to check out all of our previous episodes via your preferred podcast provider I'm Edith Bowman. This has been Play Next, created in partnership with BMW. Music.